I have been so geeky this week, you guys. I have a million points. <laughs> you are the Yoda of abdominal tumors. The right amount of drunk for this. Dead characters do not yield spin-offs. I fucking love being a nerd. This is serious business. Greetings, the summer box office season is coming to a close, so grab a drink because this is serious business. I am Jeff, your host for this week's episode, and it's a mega panel. We actually pulled off getting more than four of us together. What? Same time. It's been a while. Yeah. Very excited about this. So let's uh, let's go ahead and start off with the introductions. Let's start with John. John, how's it going? Hey, hello. Going well, John. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So on a more somber note, we're still all very saddened by the loss of Robin Williams. So we figured it would be good to start with a question about him and his work that that was all so important to to pretty much all of our childhoods. So, um, John, what's your favorite Robin Williams movie, moment, character, really anything about what he gave as a performer? I gotta go Genie in Aladdin, Mm. just because, you know, it's an animated role, but also I think it allowed him to showcase sort of both I mean, obviously, like, um, it wasn't a super dramatic role, but he did a really good job at doing the really crazy, zany character, but also, you know, he was really good at, like, bringing him down to the more serious. There's not a lot of serious parts in that movie, but, you know, I, I think he overall it's a, very, it's a very well-rounded voiceover performance. Yeah, he's very sentimental uh, yeah. multiple times. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's a great choice. So what, if anything, are you drinking this fine uh, afternoon? I'm drinking a Sierra Nevada Flipside Red IPA, which is a very nice. It's a seasonal ale, but it's it's sort of straddling the summer beer with more of a fall beer taste. Mm-hmm. So it's very appropriate since it hasn't been hasn't been that that warm lately. Right. No, it sounds like a perfect kind of mild August beer. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. So moving on, we got Michelle. Michelle, how's it going? It's going pretty well, Jeff. Glad to hear it. So, uh, Michelle, what is your favorite Robin Williams moment, movie, character? <sighs> oh, that's really tough, especially because the two that I'm thinking of are so different. Because his stand-up is so amazing to watch. And I remember watching it with my mom being younger and a lot of it going over my head, but just being amazed at him. But I think my favorite character that he's done was actually one of his more serious characters. I like John Keating in Dead Poet Society. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that movie blew me away when I saw it just, just because I'd, I was so used to, you know, everything else Robin Williams had done. It's just a, such a dramatic departure. And I saw it when I was pretty young. So Yeah, and I like, I like the fact that he was that versatile, you know, that he could play a believable dramatic role. But, you know, his comedy was so incredible. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Michelle, what, if anything, are you drinking this fine afternoon? Well, I have some champagne chilling pending our future results. Uh, <laughs> but right now I'm just, just drinking water. Just drinking water. Uh, life-giving, precious water. I can't, I can't blame you. We're, we're recording this pretty early in the day, so that's, that's not, not a bad call at all. I'm actually kind of jealous. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I can't drink water. <laughs> I wish I wish I could drink water. I remember when I could do that. Can I'll be so lucky, Jeff. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's move on to Rob. Rob, how's it going? Oh, you know me, Jeff. I do know you. <laughs> yeah. That means you're 
probably doing fine. <laughs> fine. Right, right on the nose. <laughs> right on the nose. So, Rob, what is your favorite Robin Williams character, movie, moment, whatever? Uh, yeah, th- this has been a tough one. And, of course, this week there's been so many sort of retrospectives on his career. Uh, Mrs. Doubtfire meant a lot to me. Aladdin meant a lot to me. But I've been thinking more and more about uh, The Birdcage. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah and it's a comedic movie it's a comedy but it is a departure for him because uh he plays the straight man um which he almost never in does in a manner of say in a, yeah right. <laughs> in a manner of say <laughs> Sorry. And um, so, yes, the straight man in a, in a manner of speaking. But uh, there's still like these great little moments where his sort of manic side uh, pops out. And he's a great foil uh, to Nathan Lane, who's also amazing in the movie. And I don't know, it's it's great to see him. He brings that that warmth and sort of touchingness to the role, too. And it, it, it does have uh, it's it's um, it's more dramatic moments in that movie as well. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with that one. I don't know if I could sit through I, i'm not gonna go uh find like aladdin to watch again but if i ever saw the birdcage on tv or something i'd definitely watch it mm-hmm. yeah i was watching that movie just recently and there are a few moments where like manic robin williams yeah. kind of pops out when he's doing his stage direction and stuff right and, right um, yep. other, other than that you're right he is he's like the only s- semi-subtle character in a movie mm-hmm. that's filled with like overblown really right. explosive characters so Cool. So, uh, what if anything are you drinking this fine afternoon? Uh, it's early. I'm drinking something. It's it's called a Kentucky Screwdriver. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't have I didn't have any champagne for uh, traditional mimosa, so I did whiskey and orange juice. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> it is uh, a mistake. <laughs> Sounds like one. <laughs> Let's see how it turns out. Yeah. Milk, milk was a bad choice. <laughs> cool. So moving on, we got Kristen. Kristen, how's it going? going well it's always going well with you I, I so like that about you, Kristen Aww. <laughs> so Kristen what is your favorite Robin Williams performance moment character whatever I'm gonna sneak in a whole bunch um real fast <laughs> uh, you only get one no <laughs> hey Don't you guys take... you guys have to go last week and this week so I'm gonna sneak in a bunch um, go ahead all right so when the genie thinks that Aladdin has double crossed him and that jaw drop uh, what? Perfect. Talking about the uh, World Series and Goodwill Hunting, describing Pudge hitting the homer and rushing the field and totally missing it for the love of his life. The oral sex joke at the end of Live on Broadway, because my mom mm. was a big fan, and so we were watching that together, and then so that whole miming bit comes up, and she's cracking up, and I'm like, you don't get this joke, you don't know it, you don't, <laughs> you don't, what, why? <laughs> Is that the elbow thing? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Like, stop laughing. But I actually just watched The Fisher King this week because I hadn't seen it. And I was just talking about it the day he passed away. And then I was like, well, shit. Now I have to watch it. And uh, the moment he declares he's in love with Amanda Plummer is just, inc- he says, you're the greatest thing since Spice Racks, which is just such a great line. And <laughs> that whole role is just kind of like proto Robin Williams. It, you can just see like the beginning of his persona, which is incredibly tragic given how that movie goes, but also very uplifting. And it's just, it's an incredible movie. It's Terry Gilliam at his most subtle. And so 
yeah, it, it gets it allows him to be manic and also the sweetness that he brings to so much of his roles. So that was a really great movie. I didn't even realize that was a Terry Gilliam movie. Yeah, that's that's how subtle that that was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, what if anything are you drinking this fine evening or uh, afternoon? Leftover birthday wine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what kind of leftover birthday wine? A uh, rosé. I don't. <laughs> you know, we just mixed it all together. <laughs> we actually did that. I made sangria, and then we had some fruit left at the bottom of the pitcher, and so I dumped in some vodka and peach schnapps and strawberry wine. Wow. Nice. Yeah. That sounds. That sounds actually really good. It was really good. Awesome. And rounding out the panel, we've got Ben. Hey, what? Ben. Hello. Uh, it is very good to have you on, Ben. Well, first off, how are you doing? Great. Great. <laughs> just great. Uh, just great. Just great. I'm glad to hear it. So, Ben, what is your favorite Robin Williams moment, performance, movie, anything? It's it's funny because, you know, hearing about all this stuff this week and thinking about it, I was oh, I, I kept thinking about one more thing that I thought was so great from my childhood. You know, I, I would think it was this one, this thing was so great, and then be reminded about this movie that was also amazing. Mm-hmm. He really was just such an incredible talent. I mean, talking about the moment when I was young and realized that he could play a very serious role very well, but then learning that the way that he plays his serious roles is much the same as the way he did his comedy. It's all improv. It's all off the cuff. He was incredible. Goodwill Hunting, the whole conversation about, I think the thing where his wife is farting in the bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He made it all up. The whole right. thing is ad-libbed. Oh, he just wow. did it. All right. Yeah. He's incredible. It was incredible. Yeah, I think there was footage... When they did the that take where they they couldn't use some of it because the camera kept shaking because the cameramen were losing it, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, no, that's that's a really good one. Um, so Ben, what if anything are you drinking this fine Sunday afternoon? I'm not drinking anything this fine Sunday afternoon. Uh, yes, that's not <laughs> not a bad idea, honestly. Not not a bad idea at all. Yeah. Uh, cool. I struggled with this a lot because uh, I was thinking about, I think my first real memory of Robin Williams was Mrs. Doubtfire. Despite the fact that I'd seen him in Hook and stuff, I, I was too young to really like recognize that distinct kind of persona that he had. Um, so I, I was tempted to go with Mrs. Doubtfire because I think it, it does have that cemented place in my heart. But as an adult, my favorite Robin Williams movie is absolutely Good Morning Vietnam. I just, I love his performance in that. And then, because it is so wildly entertaining, and then the movie hits you with very intense political commentary. As an adult, I'm, I'm just going to have to go with Good Morning Vietnam. It's it's too good a movie for me to, to not give it the props I, I feel it deserves. I don't think um, you're saying it right. Yeah. <laughs> Say, it, Say it, Jeff. Say it, Jeff. Good morning, Vietnam. Oh, yes. <laughs> Good morning, Vietnam! There you go. Uh, I love Jeff. That felt good. You guys should try that sometime. Uh, Just when we wake up. Uh, And uh, I am drinking a Leidenkugel Sunset Wheat. Ooh, nice. I'm drinking it actually a little warm, and oddly enough, it's better that way. Mm. Good English sort of style. I don't know about that. Room temperature, not like warm all right, so uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of uh, this episode, our uh, our summer box office season is coming to a close rapidly, and that means 
the con- the thrilling, thrilling conclusion of our fantasy summer box office game. So I'm going to throw it over to Rob, who was master of ceremony for that game, and Rob is going to take us through oh, yes. uh, the whole shebang. The whole shebang. So <clears throat> for those of you who are unfamiliar, every year here in Tisby, we play an annual contest of ultimate epicness called the uh, fantasy summer box office. We didn't invent it, but I do think we do it the best. Um, <laughs> wow. So uh, how it works is based on fantasy football, but how it works is each of us drafts a team of four movies that take place between May and August of the calendar year. And we then calculate the points that these movies, quote unquote, make at the box office, their opening weekend, domestic opening weekend, based uh, on the millions of dollars that they make. There's a one, uh, three money-making picks, and there's one bomb pick, and the bomb pick is calculated by the amount of money that it makes against the production budget of that movie. So this is our third year doing Fantasy Summer Box Office. John was our first champion in 2012. Me, I, uh, I won last year, and uh, we're going to find out today who won this year. So I think the best way to do this is to first just do a quick review of who uh, everyone's card. In, in our draft order, quick summary of what happened way back in April. Michelle was our first first round pick. Her card reads as Transformers 4, which is a very big movie this year. 22 Jump Street, uh, Melissa McCarthy's Tammy, and for her bomb pick, she chose a Tom Cruise Edge of Tomorrow. I was second pick. My first pick was uh, the new X-Men movie. I then picked Guardians of the Galaxy and A Million Ways to Die in the West. I also picked Guardians of the Galaxy as my bomb pick, as you can choose uh, each movie is up for grabs for both money-making and for bomb picks. Ben, his first year playing with us. Ben, welcome. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> ben was very excited to join us. Ben picked third. He picked Amazing Spider-Man 2, Pixar's Planes, Fire and Rescue, Edge of Tomorrow, and for his bomb pick, he chose Maleficent. Kristen, you picked fourth. You picked Godzilla, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Get On Up, and for your bomb pick, Expendables 3. John, you picked 5th. You, you picked How to Train Your Dragon 2, first. <laughs> Maleficent. Walk of Shame, which was a little wrinkle in our, our draft. We'll let you choose again. You picked Hercules, and then Hercules as your bomb pick as well. Jeff, you picked last. You picked Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Expendables 3, and Jersey Boys as your money-making picks, and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes as your bomb pick. Well, what was my first bomb pick? Yes. Well, what? Well, you? Ch- I mean, you chose that first. No, my my first bomb pick was oh, Jupiter oh, Ascending. Correct. Correct. Yes. I'm sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> yes. Another wrinkle that has happened. I want to talk about later. But mm-hmm. the Jeff <laughs> Jeff picked Jupiter Ascending, which is the Wachowskis' uh, next movie. It got completely pushed from uh, the summer schedule. And when that happens, we do allow another pick. This has actually happened to Jeff before. Uh, <laughs> sure has. Which is, which is really funny. <laughs> sure <laughs> so Jeff, has. Jeff, uh, Jeff recovered uh, with the uh, additional pick of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes as his bomb pick. So I'm excited to announce that this year, I think, I think this is the first year we've had like a very down-to-the-wire game. Like yeah. I, had to get up, I had to get up this morning and do math. that's the worst way to start your sunday what how we usually do is we round uh the millions off because uh usually our numbers are spread out enough that you know that's fine and and that's an accurate way to give a score but michelle and Kristen are so close this year i had to get up and i had to calculate every reported dollar 
at these movies made. <laughs> I demanded a recount. Yes, yes, because with the rounding, it did it did look as we predicted, but um, I figured because it was so very, very close. I'm talking a single point close that wow. uh, Kristen demanded a recount. So I'm That's here to, fair, Kristen. Thank I'm you. here to announce uh, the official winner of the 2014 <laughs> Fantasy Summer Box Office, and the winner is Michelle. Woo! Kristen, fight, Kristen. <laughs> oh yeah. my God, Kristen with uh, <laughs> fourth with fourth round picks too. Which we gotta we gotta we're trying to remedy this, yeah, but like it is handicap points here or something. Yeah, it is it is very hard to come up um, from behind uh, the picks. It did, uh, I, it's it's hard to it's hard to be a contender when you're picking after third. I think, and I think we're we're trying to fix that. But Kristen had an incredible card. Of of Godzilla, which overperformed Expendables, which bombed super hard, and mm-hmm. Dawn of uh, Planet of the Apes, which overperformed. So, Kristen, uh, wonderful card. You, you lost by one point, which is the closest. Uh, yeah, it's hard. But uh, Michelle, congratulations. Uh, Transformers was uh, absolutely the smartest first pick, I should say. I mean, Edge of Tomorrow was a huge bomb as well. So uh, you deserve. <laughs> Deserved to win. This was this was a close year. To round out the rest of the standings, I came in third. Ben, you came in fourth. John came in fifth, and Jeff, Jeff, I'm very sorry, you came in last. <laughs> last place is just the first, Aww. not winner. <laughs> <laughs> I was the uh, best at losing. Uh, so, <laughs> so before. Good. Before we get into uh, like a postmortem here, Jeff and I did decide that uh, we wanted to give alternate awards this year besides <laughs> Michelle, who who wins, and uh, we are now responsible for buying you Blu-rays of, of all your uh, all your picks here. So Yay! that is what you win. Congratulations! <laughs> you are officially in the Tisby books as a fancy box office champion of 2014. And I moved oh. that Kristen not have to buy any of the, the Blu-rays yeah. of the other four yeah. of us. Yes, uh, that's yeah. uh, that's actually absolutely correct. So let's get into some alternate awards because there's some weird shit that happened this year. <laughs> and uh, I want to talk about that and uh, memorialize it a little bit. So first of all, I- I'm going to give the Hail Mary Award to Kristen for uh, a super a super clutch August pick with the, the Expendables 3 bomb pick because... Another thing that uh, has become evident in this game is that after July, there's not a lot of points to be made. Yeah. And Kristen came up with uh, 82 mid-August. So, Kristen, that pick is indicative of uh, uh, your great card in your second place standing. So, congratulations. Here's your Hail Mary award. Aw, thank you. Hail Mary. Yes. The Late Bloomer Award goes (laughs) to uh, the best-performing third money-making pick. And that's gonna uh, that's gonna go right over to Ben for Edge Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow was the best third money making pick with twenty nine million. Oh, uh, so Ben, welcome aboard. I hope you do it next year. And, and here's your late bloomer award. Thanks. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> the wet powder award goes to the worst bomb Ew. pick. That goes to me. <laughs> Guardian Guardians of the Galaxy, which outperformed. Every expectation out there, which yeah. didn't really matter to me because I had it as a money-making pick as well, mm-hmm. and it actually even outscored my first pick, which is is strange when that happens. But only forty-five points on the bomb pick. 
which, you know, bomb picks are, are, are kind of like the, uh, I don't know, they're a critical pick in this game. They build and destroy empires. And mine was, uh, whoa. What was, was that? Passing, I was a passing car. Is <laughs> uh, it in the, the living room? <laughs> no. So, yes, I had the worst bomb pick with Guardians of the Galaxy, which ended up making $94 million at the box office. And I only predicted a 45% loss. So uh, that is like, right around, well... Well, we'll get into some other numbers later, but that uh, that's pretty low. <laughs> the Back Ass Words Award goes to the most jumbled succession of scores, and that goes to John. John, <laughs> what's going on with your fucking card, dude? Yeah. <laughs> dude, so how did, how did Train Your Dragon comes in at 49, Maleficent comes in at 69, Hercules comes in as your bomb pick at 71, you're all over the place. Yeah. Usually it goes first pick, then bomb pick, then second pick. You are uh, you're just like a Jackson Pollock painting of well, scores. Well, I would um, I would chalk it up to just it's a gambler's card. I think that um, I think that any one of those movies. <laughs> That's a good spin, man. <laughs> I, I thought that any one of those could just go like either way. And after I I don't remember exact orders, but I. I I feel like my back was against the wall after the big ones, Transformers, X-Men, and Spider-Man were picked. I, I don't know. I really thought, I don't know why I thought this, but I, I, th- I really thought that How to Train Your Dragon 2 was going to be the big, yeah, the ridiculously big, big animation score of the, of the summer. But uh, obviously that was not the case. <laughs> and even like when I picked it, I don't know. When I picked it, I thought that the first one had done super Better. well the first yeah. time. And it turns out that it, you know, it. I think it just did well. It, it wasn't like a huge success that I thought it was. It did well eventually. Maybe yeah. Just lots yeah. This weekend. Yeah. I think it so, was uh, so yeah. I burned it myself. And then Maleficent, I was kind of banking on. Um, I, I was banking on it being like an Alice in Wonderland type number, where it's it's one of those yeah. fantasy movies that's essentially a live action version of classic Disney movies. I thought I thought it was going to do closer to a hundred. Um, but I mean, I, I think those two failures really just sent me down the river. And then my my really pathetic third slot <laughs> didn't the do me. Actually, name Walk of Shame. Mm. Yeah, Pick of Shame. Walk of Shame. Walk of Shame, which we found out post draft was not a wide release, was a VOD release, which uh, is something we're still trying to parse because that's becoming more and more common. But because uh, it was not addressed at draft time, we did allow John to repick that slot and uh, with an asterisk, <laughs> yeah, with Hercules, which you know at that point there there wasn't much on the table anyway. But I yeah. think even even if Walk of Shame was a wide release. It still was a terrible. Pick yeah, I, I think it. I yeah. think it would. I think it would have done like Tammy numbers. Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, you don't know. I mean, that's that's the game, man. You never know what is going to be a huge explosive hit and what which what is just going to end. Well, John, <laughs> I think uh, John makes a good point too. Like late in the game, you sort of have to. You're I'm desperate. sorry. Late late in the draft order, you sort of have to make some uh, some moves and some risk. So, John. Well done. Your back ass words <laughs> award is in the mail. Um, I'll get them next and, year. Yeah. The final award, which I think is my favorite award. Oh, boy. Uh, it's called uh, the See You Next Year Award. It goes for the bomb <laughs> pick so bad it is pushed from the summer schedule. Aww. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff for Jupiter Rising. 
and and Jeff, uh, this is a lifetime achievement award because this is not even the first time this Thank has you. happened to you. Um, if you uh, remember, in 2012, Jeff picked GI Joe Retaliation. That also was just totally bounced from the summer schedule, and that was also his bomb pick. So Jeff, look, I, I, this is so incredible to me that I also want—I I, kind of want to bake it into our rules that if this mm-hmm. happens, you get points. Well, I would like to make it into the rules that I should get two bomb picks next year, and one of them should be oh, Jupiter Rising, <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Or we I, just I guarantee thank you. that you get that next year when we play, just like you already picked it, man. Yeah, there should be points that carry over into the next game for me. Rolling um, points. Yeah. But uh, I, I do appreciate this award from the bottom of my heart. Um, <laughs> my card was, uh, was something else, and... Uh, Jupiter Ascending was was a, a keystone in, yeah. in in an archway on a bridge to nowhere. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I remember all of us being like really upset that you had picked it. Yeah, it was yeah. such a good remember, pick. It yeah. Was such a great pick. Yeah, I think when it happened, all of our strategies changed. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, thank you for this award. I, I will I will treasure it forever. <laughs> Well, uh, I want to get into just uh, a little analysis about what actually happened this summer because there were some surprises. But I think I want to open that door with Ben because, Ben, this is the first time you've played this with us and you're a movie guy. You live and breathe this stuff. So tell us what your experience was. Did you prepare at all? What did you think of the draft? What did you think of the results? Just give actually, us your, your impression. I love this game. I think it's a lot of fun. When Jeff told me that... Yeah, I was I was in for the draft a day before the draft was actually going to happen. I spent <laughs> like the entire day like looking at these picks and and thinking about them and making a list of what I wanted. I clearly made some mistakes, but it's it's really interesting actually to see how these things like play out. For instance, Edge of Tomorrow, I didn't think it was going to be like a really really big movie, but I thought it would do something like forty or fifty yeah, million maybe. Forty, yeah. But then looking at it, you know, it's like it was. I think six weeks in a row of big movies with really big box office turnout. Right. And after a while, people just get tired of going to the movies and they don't want to yeah, keep they, spending money there. Yeah, they want to go to the beach or whatever. Yeah, yeah. there's a so, blockbuster burnout eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of interesting to think about that. You know, it's like this, this movie was really well received. Everyone really liked it, but nobody would go see it because they had seen everything that came out beforehand. Right. Uh, also, the... The, the huge mistake of Planes, Fire, and Rescue. Oh, Ben. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, that was I, a surprising pick. On, well, uh... I thought, I, I, had, I was thinking about it, and I was thinking that, you know, it's coming out in late July. There's nothing else really going on around that time. It's the middle of the summer. Kids are out of school. Like, why not take your little kids to a family-friendly movie? Cool. All right. Let's make lots of money. And then when I saw Train Your Dragon perform... <laughs> yeah. Way worse than I thought it would. I knew, I knew the end was nigh. Yeah. It's, it was over. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's. I think this game's a lot of fun. I like it. Well, Thank good you for uh, having you guys. Oh, it was our pleasure. Um, yeah. I think. I think our plan after at least the first year was to get uh, as great a mix as uh, Tisby players as possible into the game. So uh, I hope you do uh, join us next year because this has been fun. And I hope you get to draft with us too because that's one of the most fun yeah. parts. And you you, yeah. uh, you, were, you were absent for that. And, uh, Jeff was your proxy, I believe. 
That was my fault, too. Yeah. Um, I, I, what Ben said about me letting him know a little late was <laughs> accurate. <laughs> I had dinner plans. Uh, so, so maybe uh, a good way to, to keep this rolling for a few minutes longer is just to go around and maybe talk about either your greatest surprise about your card or your a disappointment about your card. And let's start with Michelle, our winner. Was there anything about your card that ended up surprising you, either underperforming or giving you more points than you thought you would have thought? Not not really. I mean, I remember picking Transformers and instantly regretting it um, <laughs> because I was afraid. I was afraid. I, was, I thought that X-Men was going to do really well. I thought Spider-Man 2 was going to do really well. And I couldn't decide which one I had wanted to pick with. And that's what came out. And I, I immediately regretted it because I thought Transformers 3 was terrible. Who's yeah. going to see Transformers 4? But apparently everyone, everyone, everyone will. That's just besides the yeah, it doesn't, the quality of it's the, the film doesn't really matter. No. Ugh, yeah. Sorry, Rob, but it's still still hurts. Let's not bring it up. It's 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 less still that hurts. I think, and more the robot riding a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that it's that, yeah. that that scene happened in the trailer, and all the Transformers movies. Are robot good. dinosaur, Jeff. Oh yes, it's a robot dinosaur. Yeah. That breathes fire. That's true. Inexplicably. Inexplicably, but yeah, the all of the Transformers movies are are really quite terrible, and yet they consistently break Still, ninety million. Yeah, and it's just it just it's it. Sometimes people just want a dinosaur <laughs> robot with another robot on top of it wielding a sword <laughs> and a fighting other robots. Sometimes people just want that. Yeah, Edge, Edge of Tomorrow was also a surprise for me too because I think I was what. I was like the last bomb pick, perhaps. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. how it went, but um, yeah. And I think that 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 was a big surprise. I thought I would do well with it, but I didn't think I would do that well. Yeah, so. I think with uh, I think we can all agree with Ben a little bit, where we expected that movie to be kind of soft, but not nearly as soft as it was. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'll I'll go next as as a second pick. Uh, my biggest surprise, uh, well, two two of them really. One was how well Guardians of the Galaxy did. Yeah. Because um, holy shit, that I mean, I was expecting between fifty and sixty on that, and I think a lot of people were, and it yeah. it just start it just kept growing and growing by the time it was released. I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy scored higher than my first pick, which was X Men. Yeah, I did not expect that. And disappointingly, Millions Ways to Die in the West, which I thought wouldn't do as well as Ted, but I thought it would at least like break 30 million, did mm-hmm. 17, uh, which is basically what sunk me. Yeah, apparently people uh, don't like uh, Seth MacFarlane if he's not animated in some way. And doing uh, a New England that voice. Sort of, uh... yeah. yeah. So that was a mistake on my part. I, that was basically a... Uh, I, I wish I would have p- picked Ted uh, back in 2012 uh, <laughs> pick, and uh, it backfired, blew up in my face. Ben, you talked a little bit. Is there, uh, is there anything? Lithicent did really well as a bomb pick. What made you uh, think that that was going to be bad? The preview. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Well, no, look, I think when I heard that they were getting Angelina Jolie to play Maleficent, I thought it was a great idea. I think, I think the original Maleficent is one of the greatest screen villains of all time. She's amazing, and Angelina is perfect for that. So I thought it was a really interesting idea for a project, and then I saw the preview, and I just, I, it just looked so bad to me. Mm. You know, it's a really heavily CG movie that had kind of poor CGI, and 
I, I thought it mm. looked awful. Now, a lot of people were talking about wanting to go see Angelina as Maleficent, but I didn't hear anyone buzzing about the movie itself. So I thought yeah. maybe that would play out as, you know, people weren't really that excited for it. Interesting. Uh, right. And the budget was so high. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was a big budget. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it's, it, it ended up kind of more or less where I thought it was. I thought I'd get a little bit more out of it, honestly. It performed better than I thought, but not much. Yeah, actually, looking at the card, it's one of the uh, one of the softer bomb picks, but uh, sixty-one points is still uh, significant. If and, points uh, had done anything at all for me, it would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kristen, you picked fourth, came in second. That's an achievement. Congrats again. I like your card a lot. Uh, it has a lot of monsters on it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, and it, has, it has James Brown on it. Yeah, um, let's talk about that. If, if this could all be one movie, it'd be pretty awesome. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, talk about your card a little bit because fourth is is tough. In some games that we've done, fourth is actually last. So uh, yeah, talk about what happened. So I'm pleasantly surprised by how well Godzilla and what the fuck did I pick? <laughs> Dawn of the, or Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Dawn. Yeah. yeah. Which, nobody knows what that movie's called. Nobody knows. <laughs> We've been through this. Yeah. Nobody knows. Yeah. The, the ape movie. I knew they were going to do okay, but I'm pleasantly surprised by how well they did. If I had fucking picked Fault in Our Stars, this would have been no competition. Yeah. So, I know. I'm like, yeah. I'm so disappointed in myself that... Why didn't we? I thought about that, too. I thought about it while I was picking, and I don't know why. Yeah. Like, I feel like I am on the side, or, like, I am in agreement somehow subconsciously with, like, the actual uh, producers of Hollywood because I banked on boomer nostalgia and not teenage girls. Mm-hmm. What the yeah. fuck, man? Always like, bank on teenage girls. That's a, that's a classic bank mistake. Always on teenage girls. <laughs> I thought John Green was niche. He's not. So, <laughs> now we know. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure all of his other books got optioned. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, looking at your your scores are really impressive. Godzilla, 93, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, 73, your bomb pick, Expendables, 382. Get On Up is tied for the lowest, yeah, in terms of, of, of straight money-making points. Yeah, so that was that was your weak link in hindsight 2020. We always do these postmortems and look at what wasn't picked, and we're like, what in the fuck? What were we <laughs> thinking? Well, well done. I'm jealous Who of uh, uh, most of your... Expendables was going to bomb that hard. Right, yeah. That yeah. Is, uh... It didn't have a big budget. It was only $90 million. Right. Million. And so I thought but... I was screwed. Yeah, no, honestly, even though it's, it's it not a the top... It had a $90 million budget and it bombed $82 million. <laughs> it bombed no, no, we're doing percentages. Percent, yeah. so the percentage listing also said uh, Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it only made like 16. <laughs> say. Yeah. It, was, it, it, it actually, even though it didn't score the highest bomb, it was close, it's, it's pretty clearly the worst bomb. Yeah. Like, just based on those stats. And Kristen, I also want to just say about your card real quick i feel like godzilla had the opposite effect of the maleficent trailer where like godzilla doesn't get too many people that excited but the trailer for godzilla was so good and the 2001 music man yeah Mm. i think it got people that that's what got it also tricked people yeah yeah because the percentage of people in the trailer versus how much they're in the movie (laughs) (laughs) that was some bullshit yeah. I yeah, showed up agreed. for Heisenberg, man. That's true. Agreed. <laughs> well, thank you, Kristen. Let's move on to John in his schizophrenic card. John, you talked about it a little bit. If you could 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to talk about. I mean, Hercules, that that was a pretty clear bomb. You, you talked about How to Train Your Dragon 2. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? I mean, I know you're an animation guy. You and both Ben were, were seduced by the power of animation. <laughs> and uh, it was your first pick, so yeah, it just maybe a couple more well, sentences on that. I, I think part of the reason that I got deceived was that a lot of these animated movies come with a two-for-one. You know, you've got lots of kids that want to go see these movies and their parents have to take them and also buy movie tickets. Mm-hmm. So it's a very sort of elusive thing. And sometimes you think, well, that's that's going to be an easy, you know, 60 or 70. And and that's what I thought it would do. I didn't think it, that it would do just 50. I thought it would. I thought it was good for closer to 75 ish. And then Maleficent. You know, as I mentioned before, I, I thought that was going to do better business as well. But I, I think that you know, my third pick really just that—that's yeah, what ruined me. Hercules did sort of what I expected it to do. Yeah. And you know, I, I sort of picked that as a replacement third pick. Yeah. You know, there was it was slim pickings at, at that point. So that sort of did what I expected. But I promise you this: I will not make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Next year, it's I feel, all, I all family like, movies making over a hundred million. Yeah, yeah. If, if uh, I could spin a positive into this, uh, yeah. I learned a lot. Um, <laughs> it's been an educational year. You know, I came in first. Our first year of doing this, I came in yeah. second place last year. You so picked this Batman. Year, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, this was definitely a very hard lesson that I had to learn this year, but uh, <laughs> I feel all the better for it, and I'm looking forward to next year. All right. Well, then, thank you, John, for that uh, NFL news conference. Of, uh, <laughs> of playoffs. <laughs> yeah, playoffs. <laughs> okay, and finally, let's go to Jeff, who picked last and uh, and came in last. Jeff, Jeff, if uh, we were speaking in person right now, my my hand would be uh, on your shoulder as uh, <laughs> as we talked about this. You did, you did good, champ. Good yeah, job. yeah. Nice, nice try, nice J- Jeff. Jeff, uh, you got you got uh, major curveballs this year, and uh, certainly rolled with the punches. Last pick, then had the most pristine bomb pick, just pulled pulled away from you. So uh, let's talk about your card a little bit. What do you want to say? Go get ice cream. First and foremost, I want to say that the field this year was great. Like this was a really because there it, there wasn't like a, an Avengers or a Batman right. or or anything like that. It was there was a lot of parody among the picks. Like all of there are how many how many ninety plus mm-hmm. million movies were there? Four. One, two, three, four, yeah. five. five. Yeah, five of them, and that's great when you're playing with like a six person field, unless you pick last. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I think Guardi- I think Guardians of the Galaxy for money, like know, in the third round. Yeah, exactly. That 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 was totally an amazing call by you. But I, I uh, in terms of my card specifically, you know, I I picked my bomb pick first, and I think I was the only person who did that. And that was my strategy, you know, because I was picking sixth. I figured I'm gonna try to nail down the best bomb pick, and then uh, of but course. You did. <laughs> yeah, did. I did, and then Jupiter really did. got taken away from me, which was a bummer. But I mean, that happens, you know. Donna the Planet of the Apes was an okay follow-up. I, I was I was sort of stuck in hedging mode, which was a real bummer. I, I knew that there was no way I could really pick something that would be anywhere close to the amount of points I would have gotten for Jupiter Ascending. 
But, um, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not, not the worst first pick. But after those two, you know, the way we snake the order, I then ended up having to pick my last two picks, basically sixth from the last of anything. So I was, I was stuck with a real limited field. Because I think of all the other picks that you guys made after I picked my last two, the highest was Ben's Edge of Tomorrow 29 million pick. Yeah. Like everything else... So I picked Expendables 3, which totally underperformed and made Kristen a boatload of points, and Jersey Boys. But I mean, even if I had made the best possible picks there, I was looking at no more than 29 million, you know. But, you know, I still I still had fun. I feel like it's a fun position to be in in some ways because there were things on the field. Like if I had grabbed Guardians of the Galaxy, I could have been a real contender. And it, it makes you really have to think very hard. He could have been somebody. I could have been somebody. <laughs> so, I, you know, well, well, it was definitely hard. And uh, obviously I ended up way in last place. It's still fun. Like, and it's not, it's not the end of the world when you're picking sixth. So I, I, I had a blast uh, despite, despite my last place uh, finish. Yeah, a couple of things. One, it's worth noting that the lowest picks on the board this year are Get On Up and Jersey Boys. So let's boomers let's, are dying. Let's take that lesson and put that right in our pocket. That uh, <laughs> let's not let's not let's not pick any music-based bi- biopics or Broadway shows. Jeff, they know. that that still baffles me, Jeff. That you went with Jersey Boys. If there's any of all the curveballs that you were thrown, understandable. But the Jersey Boys pick just like that's on you. It, man. It, it's a face pump. <laughs> yeah. Face pump, well, so. I was thinking. I, I was. I was torn between that and Edge of Tomorrow, and I was thinking, like, Chicago, and I, I was thinking that, like, this might be the year where a musical does oh. pull attention, and obviously that was incorrect. Well, you know, next year, there's going to be a musical that we are all going to leave on the table, and it's going to do, yeah. like, right? 60. It'll, yeah, it'll do, like, 60 million. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, and I also want to speak to uh, a little bit what Jeff was saying is that this was the first year that we've done this. You know, there wasn't, you know, of course there were tent poles represented here and there are big numbers represented here. But the first year that we did this was uh, 2012 where we had Dark Knight Rises and the Avengers come out. And it it was kind of a, kind of a strange game because once those are off the table, it, you're really grasping at straws. This was the first year where it didn't feel like there was a really, like, big tentpole like that that we could rely on for a three-digit score. We're not just playing for second at that point. Right, right. So it really was a wide field, and I think that Kristen proves that with coming so very close with a fourth position in the draft, and I hope that that continues to be the case. So next year, uh, I don't have a, a calendar in front of me of releases, but I hope that next year, not only that we all convene for this game, but that the field is varied and dynamic as it was this year. Um, Avengers comes back next year. Oh, oh right. right. <laughs> so, well, isn't there also isn't Star Wars next year too? No, I don't know. I think Star, I think Star Wars, Wars is, is going to be in December. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, that makes sense. All right. Well. All right. So Joss Whedon is already fucking with us. So, but we'll <laughs> right see. Away. We'll see what happens. When is it? We'll eight? see what happens. Congrats again to Michelle, our champion. Yay, Michelle. <laughs> Well done. And I think, unless anyone has any thoughts, I think that is a a conclusion to our third annual Fantasy Summer Box Office. I do do want to thank you, Rob, for being so awesome and running this game yet a third time. Uh, Oh. A fantastic job. No, I enjoy doing it. I uh, have a lot of fun doing this, so... 
I like to play games with my friends. What can I say? Glad to hear it. And I do also want to say that I feel like the way we did the bomb picks this year was was better. I'm for oh. it. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. yeah, even it. though it's it's very difficult to get under forty, you're sort of stuck between that kind of forty and eighty-five points. I still I, I like that a little better. Although yeah. it's tough, you know, in in ten pull poll years, like with the Avengers, it might be cool to have like the two hundred point bomb pick. But but this was <laughs> this was a really good year to do it this way. Yeah, I sure. feel like uh, it was really the Wild West uh, the first two years because those bomb picks are getting out of fucking control battleship battleship was like 250 points dude when they were reporting that like world war z cost 300 million dollars yeah. to make i was like oh, I was fucking so shit excited about like that we gotta cha- we gotta change this <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I mean i think the new bomb pick metric it mutes the scores a little bit but i think that also is leading to more competitive field um <laughs> I so i think uh i mean i time will tell i guess we'll we'll talk about it again uh in april but uh, I think I think I like this method as well. So we'll, we'll stick with that. Cool. Well, thanks again, Rob. So we're going to wrap up this episode of This is Serious Business the same way we wrap up every episode. And that is with our Geek of the Week segment where we talk about things we've been watching, doing, reading, playing, etc. that have nothing to do with what we've been talking about for the last 45 minutes to an hour. So, you know what? Let's start with Ben on that one. Ben, Ben, what are you hmm? up to lately? Anything, uh, anything cool and nerdy? How have I been geeking out lately? Yeah. I've I've started to learn to play Dota. Ah, excellent. This is new and exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, how has your experience been with that game? It's got a very steep learning curve. Hey, I'm very much a learner. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. Do you have a particular favorite hero? I've been playing with the Tide Hunter, and I like him. Mm-hmm. He's, He's cheeky, and he has he has cute little things about the ocean. Mm-hmm. And he carries around a giant anchor and hits people with it. Cool. Very cool. Uh, we should we should play some Dota after this bit. <laughs> I would totally be down for that. Cool. So let's move on to Kristen. Kristen, what have you been up to lately? Uh, I've been reading a lot. I finished the Harry Potter series. It was just as distressing as the last time I read it. I read Through the Woods by Emily Carroll, which is a series. I guess they're kind of fairy tales, but I mean, she made them up, but they're, you know, very Little Red Riding Hood-esque. Um, and she's a comic artist, so it's a graphic novel that she came out with. And, uh, they're terrifying. Like, I read one at night, and I was like, nope, I'm done, and read the rest at, like, nine in the morning the next day, because (laughs) they're really freaky. So I'd really recommend that. And then I also read, in one day, The 7% Solution, which is Sherlock Holmes teaming up with Sigmund Freud. Ooh. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a pastiche that was written, I think, in the 70s. And it has Sherlock Holmes coke fiend and Watson basically crying in corners all the time because he's upset that his friend is sick. So it was pretty much perfect. I'm really glad that you use the word pastiche because uh, I'm a big fan of pastiche in general. And uh, I feel like I feel like it's a dying breed in uh, modern media. Well, I mean, there's a ton of Sherlock ones. And I mean, there, there's some that are much better than others. You know, I mentioned the person who uh, taught my Sherlock class wrote one, which is Sherlock Holmes versus Jack the Ripper, called Dust and Shadow. I don't know what the title refers to, but it's really good. But yeah, this is a fairly famous one. It actually got made into a movie that I haven't seen yet, but... Uh, I'm in a couple like science societies around New York and one of the members actually passed away and so they've been giving away some of his library and so you know they just hold up a book and whoever wants it it's first come first serve and so they said 7% solution is like give it so 
I got someone's uh, hand-me-down copy and finally read it, and it's so good. Nice. Uh, thanks for thanks for sharing. So uh, let's move on to Rob. Rob, what have you been up to lately? Rob! Getting more whiskey and oranges or barfing it up. I'm here. I was on mute because there were more helicopters, you jerks. Um, uh, I've been reading as well, but my reading has come with many pictures. I've been reading (laughs) comics. Uh, So uh, I haven't been on in uh, a couple of weeks, but uh, Batman's uh, Zero Year uh, finished up. John, do you want to talk about that? Uh, I think I, I, I did a few episodes ago. Because okay. the issue came out a couple of weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm late. I'm, I'm late on it, but I finished it up. And you know what? I'm gonna give it two and a half out of five shrugs. Ooh. Yeah, I, I just, I, it was too long for me by the end to care anymore, and ended up being more convoluted when I like with my Riddler stories. So yeah, I, I guess I'm gonna. I still love that creative team, but I, I'm gonna give Batman a break. I think. I also finished up uh, the first arc of Marvel's Moon Knight. Ah. Uh, what a, I guess a reboot, I guess we'll call it, with uh, Warren Ellis writing it, who's becoming fast one of my favorite comic writers. And uh, I think his name is uh, Declan Shalvey, is uh, doing the doing the art. That's um, correct. He did some Thunderbolts way back in the day, and I, I loved it then. And he does an awesome, awesome job with these issues that uh, the first six issues of the new Moon Knight, and they're, uh, they're great. They're like... Very high concept standalone issues, and it's not even clear in the first issue that they're going to be like that. You're like, oh, okay, they're building towards something, and then like the second issue is a completely different story. So it's strange. And then the sixth final issue kind of loops back to the first issue. It's it's one of the strangest runs on a you know big publishing title that I've ever read. But God, it's so good. Warren Ellis is like pretty ruthless as a writer. And uh, Declan Shelby is great, a very uh, dynamic artist. And I should note that there's, like, at least in one of the, well, no, in most of the issues, there's, like, wonderful color and stuff. And I don't have those artists, the colors, uh, in front of me. But there's one in particular called Sleep, which takes place uh, partly in a hallucinogenic dream world that is just, like, gorgeous and creepy and scary. And I, there's, like, maybe three pages of dialogue on the whole thing. It's it, Warren Ellis has really let the art sort of be the star of this uh, run, and so that's great because usually maybe Batman is actually a good uh, example of them art and words sort of fighting it out. Uh, Warren Ellis uh, really uses visuals and trusts the artist, or at least seemingly so. But that is ended, and it's great, and I recommend it. And uh, I guess they're doing a new book together, again, called The Injection for Vertigo? Or Image, Image Comics. So uh, I'm going to check that out because I do like this this creative pairing. So, yeah, that's my Geek of the Week. Awesome. Always good to hear about what's going on in the world of comics. So uh, let's move on to Michelle. Michelle, what have you been up to lately? So in anticipation of Season 8 coming out, we are re-watching seasons. We've been re-watching all of Doctor Who, all of the reboot of Who. And so we're just... New Who. New Who. So we're new finishing who? up New Who. Cindy New Who. We're finishing up, I think we're like kind of in season seven. We just said goodbye to Amy and Rory and we're about to start with Clara again. And um, I'm really, really looking forward to Peter Capaldi. I can't wait. We're going to see the first episode at midnight. In the theater. In the theater, which I think will be a really cool experience. 
Uh, we are very much nerds. This is my first like midnight movie in so long. Since really, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, That's really. That's the last midnight show we went really to. Really excited too. I hope I can stay awake because I'm an old lady now. But really, really looking forward to the reboot of this new Doctor. I, I think I trust Peter Capaldi more. And I trust Moffat a little bit more than I think I, I probably should. So I'm, Have you heard that apparently Capaldi totally pretend to be like, oh, Moffat, I love your work until he got like an ironclad contract. He's like, actually, I hate what you've done with the doctor and here's <laughs> the changes I want to make. I really hope that that's true because I've heard that, I've heard that Moffat was like, I have realized the error in my ways and I will not be doing any of this, you know, bullshit that he's been doing. So I really, really hope that that was due to Peter Capaldi. I don't care as long as we get good who from mm-hmm. here on out. So I haven't heard that rumor. But I totally believe it. Yeah, right. I, this all feels a bit. I'm skeptical. This all feels a bit like fan fantasy here. We'll see, though. It's possible. Yeah. But... Maybe it's just the Malcolm Tucker effect, where he's just really scary. Yeah. But I hope. Just yeah. Well, it's nice when people who are fans and like Peter Capaldi grew up with Doctor Who, like be you know being exposed to Who, and he's yeah. a fan, and it's really good to see fans being coming part of it. I don't know. I'm I'm just really. Really excited, and I really hope I don't get disappointed. No, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. We, um, you know, it's it's still TBD, but we will almost certainly be having an episode on that possibly next week. So that could be very fun. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thanks, Michelle. So, uh, John, what have you been up to lately? If I could take it back to uh, Batman comics for a minute. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on top of, re- I also read, as I mentioned, I also read the last issue of Zero Year, and I enjoyed that. But this past week, Batman 34 came out, which was a standalone, single-shot issue. I think Scott Snyder may have been involved with the plot of it, but it was done by a different writer and a different artist. Uh, it's, it's sort of like an in-between issue where um, I think there's this issue and maybe another one before the next big Snyder Capullo story starts. But this was like a very good, tight detective story. Batman's tracking a killer, and it's just, uh, it's just a good, tight, fast-moving detective story. And... You know, those one-shots can be pretty refreshing after you've done, you know, like an 11-issue year-long story arc. Mm-hmm. It's nice to just go to a really well-executed one-shot issue. So I really dug it. I, I think the story was written by Jerry Dugan, maybe, and then the art was by Mateo Scalero, which uh, he was an artist on Detective Comics for a while. But really awesome art. It was As much as I love Capullo, it was a nice... Usually, when you're really attached to an artist, it's difficult to to watch somebody else at the helm. But it was refreshing, so it was a it was a good read. But I would I would recommend Batman number thirty four. Awesome, very cool. So let's see, what have I been up to lately? Yesterday, I watched the original Henry Fonda version of Twelve Angry Men for the first time in over ten years, and that is a movie that totally totally holds up. I'm so impressed by cinema and writing that creates tension without resorting to violence. You know, there are, there are definitely elements where uh, there are threats of violence in that movie, but for the most part, it's just good dialogue, the whole thing. And uh, the other thing I love about it is that you, I, I think it was originally based on a stage play, and you can sort of tell because there are only three or four different sets throughout the entire movie. You, you get these 12 characters, and at the beginning of the movie, you are introduced to all of them at the exact same time. And that's normally very overwhelming when you're dealing with an ensemble. But by the end of the movie, 
you successfully understand how distinct all 12 of these people are, despite the fact that, you know, they're all basically middle-aged men. Um, I highly, highly recommend people check that movie out. It's available on, uh, it was either Netflix or Hulu that I watched it on. I think it was Netflix. So uh, definitely go out, check it out. Great movie. Probably one of the best movies of all time. Uh, Just flat out. All right, so at this point, I want to give people an opportunity to make any shout-outs and let people know where they can find you online. So let's uh, let's take it around the other way. Let's start with John on that one. John, where can people find you? On Twitter, at Draw the Story. Nice. So let's move on to Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at Tracing Rays. Uh, Rob? You can find me on Twitter at Heroes Are Boring. Kristen? On Twitter at Nero's Liar. Ben, can people find you anywhere? I have a personal Facebook profile for my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tisby Jeff. That's T-I-S-B for This Is Serious Business. I've been tweeting more per request, nagging request from Rob. Mm-hmm. I was almost I was almost leaving Twitter completely, but now I'm back at it. Totally back at it. Yeah. And uh, you can find this podcast online at TisbyCast.com, T-I-S-B-C-A-S-T.com, along with links to our excellent Tumblr, our uh, Facebook, our iTunes or whatever else we do, probably MySpace, maybe not, I don't know. So, as always, I have absolutely no idea how to end this episode. Just gonna start singing We Are the Champions. (laughs) Michelle, you gotta gloat. You gotta start gloating. I know, huh? Mm-hmm. You guys know nothing about movies! (laughs) (laughs) You all laughed at me for Transformers! I also like that, you know, I, I wasn't gonna point this out earlier, but I feel like I am the least qualified to pick movies <laughs> i am not a big movie like i enjoy movies but i do not watch a lot of movies i don't know a lot of movies you don't have a degree with your name on it like i do not do. <laughs> i don't have a film degree my taste in film is kind of suspect she even asked me the transformers that's the one with the robots right <laughs> oh no no no, no. oh man oh, she didn't say that <laughs> but yeah it, it, anybody can win it's really anybody's game any given Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> and will you treasure your Blu-ray copies of Tammy and Transformers? I'm gonna wash the hell out of them. Yeah, I'd also yeah. like to point out that Michelle's victory is also my victory in that because I, <laughs> our libraries are joined, and I'll probably, I'll probably watch Transformers four. I mean, I have the other three, so Why? round out the collection. Oh God. Well, John, it'll be easy for you to give her. Prize. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you have a problem because, like, what you were saying, you're probably gonna get Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. Yeah. <laughs> you need to have an intervention yes, or something. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> Can't we just watch them on Netflix, John? <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> I'm a big proponent of owning your movies. So. Well, I don't yeah. know. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I think time's gonna have to tell me. I, I have this. I don't know. Maybe I won't end up buying. I don't know. I mean, I might just. I might also. I'll end up buying. Yeah. Who are we? Who are we kidding? Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, is everybody back? I'm. I'm just gonna go around and see if people are here. Uh, John. Here. Michelle. Here. Rob. Here. Kristen. What up? Ben. Present. Right. I'm silence my phone. Great to see. You. Can you guys hear that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that is a helicopter right over my apartment. Hang on a sec. They, they found, found you. you. Yeah, they're <laughs> you. 
I should probably continue getting work done between now. What? What? Working on that? Working on that novel? <laughs> Actually, no. Today I'm working on the Android game. But hero's journey there. I'm almost to twenty thousand words. That's awesome. I'm, I'm what happy. Did I do I'm sure <laughs> Good job, team. We're uh, really supportive of one another. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if anyone needs to bounce, feel free. Uh, otherwise, we can keep laughing about my passions. <laughs> this is serious business. Last place is just the first oh. not winner. <laughs>